Right. All right. Um, I think I fixed this so there won't be as much feedback. I hope not. I find it very distracting when that happens. Um, I'm Heidi Pagels. If you haven't met me, it's nice to meet you. I married to Jamie, our pastor here, and uh, he asked me if I would speak. And he's been leading worship right now because uh, the lady, the young lady we had who was leading worship, did a great job. I uh, has moved back to the west side, and he's like, "Can you speak sometimes to help take the, the weight off?" And um, to tell you the truth, I I love I love preaching. I kind of get like it's like almost like for me, for running, like I kind of get a high like from it. Weird, maybe, unless you get that. But I usually say no um, because for me it's ex- it's exceedingly vulnerable. It's really vulnerable. I can't think of much more vulnerable to me than when I speak because I feel like God calls me when I speak to like seriously like unzip my head and show you what I'm thinking. And show you where God's working in me and show you what how I read scripture. And then I kind of feel like it's unzipping my heart and like saying, This is what I feel at the deepest core of who I am, and this is how I feel about God and myself. And I feel like that's what he asks of me when I speak. And that's extremely vulnerable to walk away from. Sometimes when you do what God has called you to do, whether it's running or whatever it is, you are the most vulnerable in that moment. And so for me, I, I say no. I'm just like, no, thank you, but thanks for asking. Um, but I feel like partly that I have grown, partly because of this book. Um, I realized that God was calling me to be a pastor, but I maybe didn't have the emotional health to do it long term. Like maybe I wasn't mature enough. Maybe I hadn't learned some of the things that it takes. So I stand before you and say, okay, I'll be vulnerable. What's really interesting is I don't think you have to preach that way. We went to a church this summer. It was a great church in Mexico, Merida. And um, the pastor taught, and he did a great job. He, didn't, um, he did a great job speaking at a Calvary Chapel, which is kind of like us, but not at all. Um, they're like slight, I liked it. I liked it. They're um, slightly Pentecostal, but even more mellow. So those of you who are like, dude, we're mellow. No. This is really mellow. and um, But I liked it. I liked his teaching. And this is the sad thing and the true thing about preaching. Okay, he said something about the Holy Spirit. And I'm like, oh, we don't say that in Foursquare. That's good. I've got to remember that. I don't remember. That's the real thing about preaching, right? You think everyone's going to remember your words. I'm like, you have to file this away. This is good. You've never heard this in Foursquare. I don't remember. I've been trying to think about it. I'm like, well, that's humbling, right? That's just life. So, but when we were done, we're like, he didn't share one story. He didn't share who he was. He didn't share what he thought about the scripture, really. He didn't share, like, there was no intro to grab my attention, but he was interesting. So I was like, God, you don't have to preach so vulnerable, but I don't know how else to do it. I don't, it's, it's who I am. So I don't see any other way around it. So I'm like, okay, well, I'll do it. Cause I'm like, hey, maybe I can copy that guy. That wasn't vulnerable. That's just like, here it is. Um, but I can't. So he said, will you speak? And I said, yes. And I asked, what's the topic on? And you all hopefully know by now. It's been discernment. We've been talking about discernment. And he's like, you can do the last week. And I was like, oh, so I have to come up with something new after you've talked about discernment for five weeks. No problem. Got it. But have you realized that, like, how different our perspectives are and how different things are? And so I, I do have something. So um, 
when Jamie said that we were going to be talking about discernment, immediately, because this is how I think, a story popped in my head. And it's a story from here. I, I don't remember the exact time, but it happened on a Sunday, a Sunday morning, and Rachel Beck comes up to me in the backspace. And um, if you don't know Rachel, she was a student here. She went here for four years. And then when she graduated from U of I, she didn't want to leave. And we love her, and we didn't want her to leave. So she worked at U of I for um, a time doing what she did while she was in school, hoping that the U of I, thinking that the U of I had a position open for her. But it became evident they didn't. They didn't have a position. The funding didn't come. The story. She's like, so I have to move. So she looked for jobs in Spokane. And she was offered a job in Spokane. And she was like, should I move? Should I not move? Should I move? Should I not move? You know, like, is this what God wants for me? And she's like, she told me, I didn't know what to do. She said, so I went to Kristen. And I said to Kristen, this was, this was our youth pastor, wise young woman. She said, should I, what should I do? I don't know. I can't hear God's voice on this. And she said, can you be who God has called you to be? Can you do what God has called you to do in Spokane? She's like, well, yes. Yes, I can. And Rachel immediately quoted Micah 6, 8. And I'm going to read it for you. She quoted this verse. She's like, this is what I'm called to do. He has shown you, O man, O woman, because it's Rachel, what is good and what does the Lord require of you? To act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. And she's like, this is what I am called to do as a Christian. And I can do that in Spokane. And so she's like, I had a piece about it. And she took the job in Spokane and she's moved on there. And I thought, um, thought, wow, how awesome that Rachel knows what God has called her to do. I thought, Does, do I know what God has called me to do? And I also thought, this is a great verse. I wonder what the context is for it. Because we often read, there are verses that are like powerful on their own. So we kind of just like, we'll quote them, right? Like, here's a verse, we quote it because it's poignant. It says something to you. It speaks to you powerfully. I was like, I don't even know what the context of this verse is. So I went to Micah, and I opened it up, and I started reading. I read, like, what is Micah about? What is the context? I read the chapters around it, and I started to get a picture for what um, what's going on here. So in a minute, we're going to have it come up here. But I want to tell you, Micah is a prophet. It's a minor prophet. I find I tend to speak about prophets. I think I like the way they work. So the minor meaning not, he's not important or he's small, but minor meaning it's just a short book in the Bible. So I, I think I like the prophets because this is how, it's a conversation with God. It's like a back and forth, and I kind of like doing that with God. It's so it's often like God speaks, and then the prophet's like, well, this is actually what the people are thinking, or this is what I'm thinking. And then God comes, and then he responds. And then it's kind of like a dialogue. And I think it's ironic because a lot of times the people will come to God, like they present their case, and God doesn't answer their questions. He just flips it. Have you had that? Like you come to God, and you're expecting him to answer it, and instead he like flips it, and you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. That's not even what we're talking about here. So, and then he's like, yeah, actually this is what I'm talking about. And that's what happens here. So let's read this together. We'll start Micah 6, 3 through 8. I'm reading from the message because I really like it. Um, it's similar to the message or traditional um, 
verses if that's what you have and you want to read along in your Bible. I'll give you a minute to find it because Micah is small. So if you brought your Bible, I'll give you a moment. It's hard to find. It's hard to find something that's like eight pages in the midst of a thousand. So I think um, I think it's important to use your Bibles. I think it's important to hold them and to be familiar with them. And I've said this to the young adults because if you don't know where something is in the Bible, you don't know how to read it. If you're reading something from the Old Testament and you think it's from the New Testament, you're going to read it differently. So, and if you don't even know what that means yet, I encourage you to to bring your Bible, to use your Bible. Um, I actually used for the first time this week a phone app like Bible, and it was cool. I was like, oh, this is pretty great. But I encourage you to use use the Bible, be familiar with it. I think if we don't, we're going to miss out on um, the structure and the story of the Bible. And I think maybe in five, ten years we could be confused, like not having an understanding of the context. So here it is, and I'm going to read it. Uh, with you. Dear people, how have I done you wrong? Have I burdened you? Worn you out? Answer. I delivered you from, this is God speaking, I delivered you from a bad life in Egypt. I paid a good price to get you out of slavery. I sent Moses to lead you and Aaron and Miriam to boot. Remember what Balak, king of Moab, tried to pull and how Balaam, son of Beor, turned the tables on him. Remember all those stories about Shittin and Gilgal? Keep all God's salvation stories fresh and present. How can I stand up before God and show proper respect to the high God? Should I bring an armload of offerings topped off with the yearling calves? Would God be impressed with thousands of rams, with buckets and barrels of olive oil? Would he be moved if I sacrificed my firstborn child, my precious baby, to cancel my sin? But he has already made it plain how to live, what to do, what God is looking for in men and women. It's quite simple, but not simple. Do what is fair and just to your neighbor. Be compassionate and loyal in your love. And don't take yourself too seriously. Take God seriously. So let's go back. Chris, sorry. Let's go back to the first part. So this is God speaking, and he said, um, Dear people, what, what have I done wrong to you? It's like, she's telling them, Don't you remember what I did for you? Don't you remember how I took care of you? I don't understand why you're so upset. I sent you Moses. He's saying, I'll take care of you. Don't you remember? All over the Bible, there's stories that are God saying, remember. It obviously must be because we forget. So I say to you, remember. Remember what God's done for you because we forget so, so quickly. So verses 3 through uh, 5 are a reminder for them, the people of Israel. Remember, I've got your back. I'm taking care of you. Then verses 6 through 7, that's the next part, one more. One more slide down. And it says, well, what do you want then, God? You've done this for me. What do you want? What do you want from me? You want me to, like, sacrifice myself? You want me to work myself to the bone? You want me to give you money? What do you want? What do you want, God? And his response is, I thought this was interesting. I've never seen it. Um, I already told you. I already told you what I want. I don't want all your money. I don't want all your stuff. I don't want all your time. I already told you what I want. 
It's simple. Do what is fair and just to your neighbor. Be compassionate and loyal in your love. And don't take yourselves too seriously. Take God seriously. So let's start with this simple, this simple thing. This maybe not quite so simple. But to do what is fair and to just to your neighbor. I was thinking about that. That's what he's called us to do. He's called us to be just and fair to mankind. Um, I was thinking about it. I was thinking, are we just in our business with our transactions? Are we just and fair with the teachers? Are we just and fair with our colleagues? Or are we looking out for ourselves? I was thinking that some of you I know are businessmen and you have been unjustly treated by other Christians and it hurts at a level like you just can't understand or compute how another Christian could treat you that way. And I think it's because you know that that's not how God's asked us to be. He's asked us to be different. He said, you be different. You be fair to people around you. Don't be looking out for like Heidi. What's the best for Heidi? But looking out how to be a fair human being. Um, oh, I was thinking, I heard this story. I was talking with people yesterday. So they said that in Florida, this is like a horrible example, but in Florida, so the tickets for people to get out of Florida are normally $350. And the airline jacked it to $3,500 at the time of, you know, people's greatest need. So basically only the wealthy can get themselves out of there. And I'm like, that's pretty much the exact opposite of being a fair and just and, um, and he was kind of like cynical. He's like, we'll probably see a lot of this. And I'm like, you know, I, I think that there will be just as many stories the other way. I think sometimes we just hear the horrific stories. So, I don't know, just kind of blew my mind. But the next thing, the next set is to be, um, to be compassionate and loyal in your love. I was thinking of this because I've heard people say, well, I'm just not a compassionate person. That's just not who I am. And I've kind of felt like, well, as a Christian, you don't really have that choice. Like, I don't have empathy. I'm not really kind. And I was like, then you're not loving well. Like, if you choose to be like, well, that's not who I am, um, you're not loving well. I remember when I, I actually remember when God said to me, um, he's like, your giftings are, like, I felt God tell me this when I was a senior in high school, your gifting is to be a perceiver, which is a fancy church way of saying, I've given you the gift to see things, to understand things at a deep level. And he's like, but nobody's going to give a root because you're not very kind. You're not a compassionate person. I was like, whoa. Like, you know, like, wow. Like, it doesn't matter what you see if you're a jerk or you can't say it in a way that anybody can hear it. And I felt like God broke me. And I said, okay, work in me. Teach me. Show me how to be compassionate. Obviously, that's not my natural bent. And, um, and I couldn't love well if I'm not compassionate. I also remember, so you know the chapter, um, 1 Corinthians, there's a chapter on love. I remember reading it two years ago, and it's all these like, love is not boastful. Love is not selfish. Love is not, love is not, love is not. There's two things that love is. Love is patient, and love is kind. And so I would ask myself as I was interacting with people on my day-to-day, as I was talking to my children, I was talking, am I being patient and am I being kind? Because obviously if I'm not, I'm not loving. So I think here's the same. It's the same as compassionate. You can ask yourself, am I being compassionate to my children? Am I being compassionate to this person who's driving me crazy? Because if not, you're not loving well. And I think the other side of that is loyal. 
Um, you have to be loyal to love well. And I was thinking about, we often think of loyal like to your spouse, which is true. Are you loyal to your spouse? Are you loyal to your kids? Um, but I was also thinking, are you loyal to other people's reputation, like the way you speak of them? Like, because if I choose to say something unkind or inappropriate or anything, like, which happens, then I'm not being loyal to my friendship. If I say something unkind about Jamie, then I am not loyal to her. I have broke that, and I am not loving her well. I was also thinking that sometimes we think, well, I'm a loyal person. But he's saying there's both. You could be loyal and not treat your family well and not be kind and compassionate. And I wanted to say something like, um, I want to be honest. If, if you haven't had an opportunity to be unloyal to your family or to your spouse, you will. Like, I just think we need to be honest about that. You will. I remember a story about our district supervisor, and he's like, every pastor will have your, his opportunity or her opportunity to be unloyal. He's like, remember Jack Hayford? He wasn't a nice, handsome-looking man, and women were always coming after him. So in a way, we all, that was a very nice story, was it? But he told us that, and I was thinking, oh, we will all, you will all have your chance to be unloyal. But to love well is to say No. Being loyal in a real way is saying, no, I love my husband and I love my children and God has called me to this and I choose say no. I don't know what it will be for you, but it's to say no. And I think that's important in loving well. Um, the next one is, lastly, God calls us to not take yourself too seriously, which is the other way of saying to walk humbly with your God but to take God seriously. When I read that, don't take yourself too seriously. You know, you read something in Scripture, you're like, ouch. That's what that was for me. I was like, oh, I take myself very seriously. Um, and instead, it's taking God seriously. Every year, we get to go to conference for pastors, and Dave Veach is our supervisor. And he speaks to us, like at a gut level, like, oh, hey, pastors, come on, let's be real. This is what you need to hear. And this thing sticks in my head. He said, okay, pastors, I need to tell you this. Don't take yourselves so seriously. And don't take your church so seriously because nobody else is. And I was like, oh my gosh, that is so true. Like nobody. And um, But the other half is take, yourself, take God seriously. When, I, when we were on sabbatical and we weren't here in this space, I realized that I took myself too seriously. I took this too seriously. And God's saying, I want you to take me seriously. And I think the same can be true for you with your, your life, your job, what it is for you. Do you take that more seriously than God? Like, do you? Do I? And I'm like, yeah. Yeah, at times I do. Um, I think from this passage, what we see is that we come at it and we're like, God, what do you want from me? What do you want? What do you want? I think we ask it a lot. What do you want? Especially young adults. I work with the young adults. What do you want? And he's like, I already told you. I already told you what, what I want from you. There are times in the Bible when God moves people. Like they're like with Moses. And you can think of the stories and you think where God moves people. But mostly, mostly what God's talking in the Bible is where you are at. This is who I want you to be. Where you're at, this is how I want you 
to live. And I think that's more, um, more important. So for my two cents on discernment, um, I think that this verse sums up what God's asking. If you're trying to make a decision, he's saying, um, I've already showed you how to live. The Bible's full of it. Take, take me seriously. Be fair and just with the people around you. Be compassionate. Be compassionate to people. Be loyal. That's how, that's how to live. Um, as we, we close today, my message is kind of short. Um, I had more, but it was too long with the prayer time. I, I want to invite you to take some quiet moments in your heart and think about um, the last few messages that we've had on discernment. I know some of you guys have been processing. I've talked with some of you, and um, I want you to say, God, what did you speak to me? Did I hear anything? Did you call me to anything? And if you're like, nope, absolutely nothing, I want to challenge you that don't just come up, come here without expecting or asking God to speak to you. Um, and if you haven't yet, say, God, I don't, I don't know that I have. I don't think that I came expecting or asking you to. So I want to give you space now, God, to speak to me and to share something with me, something that you have for me. So I'm going to give you a moment and you can either think about the verse for today or you can think about the last messages and pray in your heart, God, what are you, what are you saying to me? Ask God to lead your thoughts as you pray. And then um, if there's a place where you're like, God, I'm not fair, I am not kind, I am not compassionate, ask God to forgive you and to teach you how to be different. All right, let's pray. God, we're going to take a few moments. We've had a great morning with you. We've worshipped you. We've sang our hearts out. We've prayed. We received your communion. We remembered Christ and what he's done for us. We ask that in the next few moments that you would speak to us. That those who maybe don't even know what that looks like would hear from you for the first time, that those that think they know what it looks like to hear from you would be surprised and that we would be open to hearing from you.
with your love, your love surrounds us. You're the reason we came to encounter your love, your love surrounds us. you pray that prayer that you pray over us as we go on Sunday? Go in the grace of our Lord. Be his hands and feet in this world. 
to discern his voice clearly, to do what is just and right to your neighbor, to be compassionate, to be loyal, to take God seriously, but not to take yourself so seriously. Go in his grace and in his power and in his spirit. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. Hey, as you guys go today, would you just maybe share with somebody you trust or know here today what the Lord has spoke to you in the past several weeks and maybe what God's calling you to and seek wisdom as you go from this place. Amen. Hey. Oh, yeah, and if you are a Sunday school teacher for the older classes or you have a kid in the older classes, we are going to meet upstairs to have a Sunday school teacher meeting in the preschool room in the back corner over here and just uh, pretty soon, within a half hour. Meet us up there.